0: everybody good before I get started thank you thank you I'm two weeks out of surgery a little sore across here but but good uh can't be done without prayer I'm telling you you know that's something we I think all of us fall short on understanding the importance of prayer nothing listen to me nothing 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 happens good without prayer Somebody's got to pray to pray it in. He's made a big circle for us. He puts it on your heart, then you lift it up to him, then he answers it. That's the way he's got it designed, so it's an awesome thing. So I'm maybe a little quick in the pulpit, but here I am. My sister was giving me a hard time back there. What are you doing already up and going? I said, well, I can make it down to the oak tree at the house, then i got to sit down and Make it back up the hill from the oak tree at the house, which if you usually don't know. The oak tree's 200 yards away. So, so talking in the book of James have been for quite a few weeks. Going to close it out today. If you haven't been with me, be good to get the podcast. And if you haven't been with me, I'm going to cover from chapter one to the last chapter, chapter five today. You say, well, how long is that going to take? Not real long, because I. Can't go real long. The book of James was written by James. Actually, his name was Jacob, but they call him James. Back between 42 and 47 AD. That's after death. Isn't it amazing how Jesus even changed the time zones with us all? But interesting, as you study James, who wrote this book, James was not a believer lived with Jesus, he was his brother, lived with him and watched him in action and watched him in his lifestyle, but yet didn't believe that he was the son of God until after resurrection, and then it changed. For a lot of people, that's what it took. And actually, without the resurrection, you got a Buddha. It makes no difference, but because of the resurrection, we have life. Because of the resurrection, because of you believing that he died and rose again. You know, that's something So many people think, well, I've got to work, 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 work to make Jesus happy. Jesus is happy. All he wants you to do is what he says, just believe that I died and rose again. Case closed, I will take care of the rest. Uh, All we do is seed people, and God catches them, and then God takes care of them, and God grows them up and matures them. So many times we think that we have to do it all. You can't. You're not good enough. Uh, God will take care of it. But I love how he started out in the first chapter. What a way to kick off. You know, James is a book like Proverbs, you just except it's crammed together in five chapters. So he is, he is addressing a lot of different people in the church. He was an apostle of the Jerusalem church. But he started off by saying, Count it all joy. I'll never forget the first time years ago when I read that. What do you mean count it all joy? Yeah. But he wants you to recognize count it all joy because I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care. He does not care. He knows already tomorrow. He he knew me before the foundation of, of earth. He knew what I'd be doing. He knew how long it would take before I'd start preaching. He knew that I'd get saved at 12 and didn't even come to my calling until 32 years old. He knew all of that before I knew all of that. So why would I get excited about anything that's going on? I don't care sickness, disease, death, whatever takes place in your family. You just have to count it all joy because God will finish the work that he started in you. And then like Jackie brought up a while ago, if you don't have the answer to the problem, then ask him. And he will give you wisdom how to walk through it and what to do with it. And he will take care of you. Then then you've got got to recognize that temptation is not from him. Testing is from him. He's testing us every day. We are living in an environment where you're tested every day. But temptation is something that will draw you away from the things of God, will slowly destroy you without you even knowing what's taking place. That little wink from somebody that you're not married to. That, that, that little conversation that you might have with someone that you shouldn't be around. That may draw you in. That may tempt you to live a life that you enjoy for the moment, but it'll destroy you at the end. It's guaranteed. It'll, it'll take you down. What well, Jesus has that all covered, he says, just change your focus. Every time you're tempted, go the other way. Every time you're tempted of something that's evil and you recognize it's evil, that's what's amazing about having the Holy Spirit in you. If he doesn't rebuke you, he just reminds you that's not where you want to go. Why don't you take the interstate instead of taking the back roads of Missouri? And if it's got a double letter, you're in trouble. I, first time I recognized that, when it says ZZ, it's not ZZ Top. It's an absolute, you're going back on yourself. Take the interstate across there. It's a lot quicker to get to Rolla if you take 44. It's a guarantee. Well, that's what life is, and that's what, really that's what the New Testament's about. You can't do it. Here's the way to do it. So James is addressing the people. In chapter 2, he starts out by saying, hey, by the way, don't be partial. Everybody, rich and poor, are all the same in the spiritual realm. As a matter of fact, those that are striving for more... Hungry for more are going to grow quicker than those that's got everything. Isn't it amazing how when you don't have the money, you're asking God to help you with money. But when you have it, when you have a big savings account, you don't think about quite as much. That's what he's addressing here. Recognize everybody's just the same. We're all together. And don't judge in the midst of that. he said, And work your faith. Allow, allow the Spirit of God to work in your faith. Well, what is work in your faith? You know, it says work is, is faith without works is dead. Well, what he's saying is walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Good Lord. Come on, folks. Walk in it. That's what he's telling the church. You're sitting there all high and mighty and you're praising God and you got your hands up in church, but you can't even say thank you to somebody. You can't even forgive somebody. And we've, if, if you're not forgiving, you're a mess. I was talking to somebody this morning. The destruction in unforgiveness is unbelievable. And he addresses that in here. He addresses, he addresses judging someone. The crazy part about judging is that you will become what you judge. And also, if you're judging, you're God and you're not forgiving. It's amazing how we want to let Connie and I, uh, when our marriage really turned around for the best, is when we recognize that I can't do, I can't be, what she wants me to be she can't be what I want her to be so why don't we just be yeah. and quit trying to change each other quit trying to perform for each other just be and once we started being we had a ball 47 and a half years almost 48 years of just having fun and that's the truth uh, do I still miss her? come on every day I have my moments but I got to go back to counting it all joy See, James has got so much stuff in it that if you just pay attention to it, I would suggest reading it over and over and over. Chapter 3, then, he comes in. He goes, oh, man. If you haven't read chapter 3, the most destructive force of mankind is that. Right I just that. Your words are either building up, edifying, or destroying. And James talks all about it how, it, how just that little rudder on a huge ship gets directed by that little rudder. Well, it's the same in our lives. See, if I can keep this tongue in check, my life is going to be better. It's a promise. It's a guarantee, it's a guarantee is what it is. And he guarantees us that it's going to be better. He guarantees us that he's going to give us abundant life. Then you're reminded in Ephesians, don't let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth except for that that will build up and edify and give people grace. That scripture alone should be on your refrigerator and never taken off. Then when you pick up the phone and somebody's gossiping, you can just politely say, well, you know, really I don't know much about that and I don't want to get involved in that. Click. Because if you get involved, you're going to be in trouble. Chapter 4 then, which was this last Wednesday night, and I had everybody quiet, quiet, quiet. Because cha- chapter 4, he really gets on us. He really talks us and he says, where does all the fights and all the things going on in your life come from? It comes from you. Because you want your way. Because you think you're always right. How many have found that out? How many here that are married have found out it doesn't do any good? Give your opinion. You should have an opinion. The other half, give their opinion. You should have your opinion. And then both of you, everybody listen to me, shut up. Because the only reason, it says right here in James, the only reason you're arguing and having fights is because you want your way. Well, I'm right. Are you? Maybe so, maybe not. And even if you are right, why don't you let God change them because you're not going to change the person. You're just going to cause more strife and division. Treat each other like you when you met. Well, I, I fell out of love. No, you didn't get your way. I better keep on. See, this is how they got, this is how they got Wednesday night. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk about that. But he, but he comes back and he, and he covers it and says, you know, if, if you want all this to straighten up, he said, come to that place of recognizing that your, your comings and goings is all in his hand and he's going to take care of you. He will give you everything. But then now we're, gonna, we're in chapter 5 because I got to get going here. Chapter 5, only 20 verses. And I'm going to walk through them. And this one's a little tough, but he gives you the answer. See, chapter 5 is really saying, now listen. Be patient in your walk with the Lord. But when he closes the book out, he said, But the only answer to this is prayer. The only answer is prayer. And recognizing that prayer at the right place at the right time is going to take care of your problem. But it starts out, he, he's, he just was talking about, in chapter 4, he was just talking about quit saying what you're going to do without talking to God about it, basically. Don't say, I will do this and I will do that because you don't know what tomorrow holds. And so he's talking to a people of pride, basically. How many here recognizes that when the Bible says that in the end times will become lovers of self, he was not talking to the ones going up and down the highway. He was talking to you, and he was talking to I. And the way, the way everything's going now, everything's directed back to us. How you look, how you talk, how you feel, how you should be, everything's like, so we become so selfish without even realizing we're selfish and become so prideful. Then he addresses that right away. Listen to what he says. He's, verse 1, he says, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Right off the bat, he's saying, listen, because you're so selfish and so prideful and think you've got everything, you could be living in Ukraine. And the list can go on and on of where we could be. We're in, we're in a nation where everybody has everything. You know, our strong nation has produced weak people. That's right, right. That's exactly right. Ukraine is going to have strong people and our strong people because they they haven't had everything. We've had everything. We've handed our kids and kids and down from generation to generation, everybody gets better off given to and they don't even know how to work anymore. They can't even show up for a job. We've got every department in in America looking for workers, and nobody wants to work. That all comes from this right here, having everything. And that's who he's addressing. He's addressing those people. He goes on, he says, your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten. In other words, that stuff that you've been saving, you're all going to die and go in a box, and everything's going to be given to the kids so they can fight over it. Basically, it's what it is. Instead of being someone that helps other people as much as you can and gives more than this 10% to the church, gives 20 30% here and there, helps everybody, that's the people. Come on, church is what he's saying. He's saying, let's get this together. Your gold and your silver are corroded, and the corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasures in the last days. Tough scriptures. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who moved, mowed your fields, which you kept back, fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. It all covers what, it's, what I'm talking about here. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury and have fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. Tough words. If I got up every week, and come against that every week, there would be nobody here. But yet at the same time, I don't care who we are, we need to recognize we can always be a better giver. And we could always deal with our finances better. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have nice things. My goodness, scripture back that up over and over. But yet he wants you not to live for the money, you live to use the money. You live to use, money's not the evil, it's the root of evil. It's that that can make you get away, like James is saying. If you've got too much, you get so lax. You you know, everybody that's walking in divine health isn't praying as earnest as the one that's battling cancer. When I got diagnosed with cancer, it was like, are you kidding me? I have taken my vitamins. My wife taught me how to take vitamins, and I've taken care of myself. I'm not, I'm not overweight. I'm okay. But yet, the doctor said, you have cancer. I said, oh, great, awesome. Count it all joy. I had to go immediately back to Scripture, immediately back to the book of James, and recognize that this could be bad. But, you know, if it is and if it, if it ends up bad, it, that's just the way it is. And I'm not going to lose my joy from day to day over something I have no control over. He's got it. But yet, I found myself praying more for my health than I did before I got the diagnosis. Yeah. And James is saying, come on. Recognize that prayer is where it's all at. He's going to get into that here in a minute. He's going to, he's going to let you know. Goes on, it says, you have condemned, you have, you have murdered and just." He says, he does not resist you. He's always there. Then he, then he steps down and he's he speak, speaking to the people that don't have. He says, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the morning coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the, for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the earlier or latter rain. You also be patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. What's he saying there? He's saying, listen, the farmer doesn't go out and just plant the seed and go and set. Look out in the field. Yeah, I guess it might come up. Yeah, I guess it might come up. No, if anybody's a farmer here or knows a farmer, they work from the time the sun gets up until it goes down after that now to make it. You, You don't just plant the seed. The list goes on and on and on, and the price of fertilizer now has got so high that some of the people are even choosing not to put fertilizer out this year because of it, all because we're a nation that has had too much and got leaders that have got way too much that needs to read the book of James and recognize where they're at and what they're doing and thinking about. Us instead of them. But the answer here is, be patient, the Lord's got this. Be patient, the Lord has got this. I love the reminder of being patient, recognizing that, you know, it's, it's no different than, I've always told those in charge of the youth, our job with the youth on Wednesday nights is to plant seed, nothing else. Love them and plant seed. Love them and plant seed. You don't condemn them. You don't cut young people down. You don't cut anybody down. You never hammer them with the gospel. You just love them and plant the seed. You just love them and plant the seed. You just love them, just like I want. I want to be loved and planted. I want to be loved and have things put in me. I want to be loved and have something new that's going to give me a revelation of how I can mature and get better. Nobody's got it together. But the answer is just this. Be patient and let the because he's coming. And he's going to take care of us. It's a guarantee. Don't, do not grumble against one another, brethren. Least you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Don't judge the situation and circumstances. Don't judge people. He just keeps reminding at the very end of what's going on. Love people. Verse 10 says, my brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perfe- per- Perseverance of Job and seeing the intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Job, my goodness, he lost his, his wives, he lost his children, he becomes sick, but yet he never did say, I've had it. It's so interesting how people go through a hard time, love a love, lost a loved one, and they get mad at God. You could have saved that person. You could have took care of them. I've always said, if, if every one of those prayers got answered, no one would die. The fact is, we've got to recognize that God's got this all and he's taking care of this and he's going to take care of this. It's just the way it is. And Job suffered and suffered. And, and matter of fact, if you read the book of Job, all of his family, all of his friends that was alive was telling him, give up. Know that, It's just, there's no sense having this God. He's not taking care of you, but yet, when it was all said and done, he got everything back. We're going to get everything back. Watchman Nee was a, a man that wrote multiple, multiple books in the communist government. Got put in prison. And they said he committed suicide because he had a note under his pillow when they, when they found him. They said, to die is to gain. Watchman, just knew that to die was to gain. It is to gain. And maybe things are tough now, but I'm just passing through. This is but a vapor. My job is just to love people, forgive people instantly, And just to love people and to forgive. You know, the saying that I've said around here so long, get up, love God, love people, and then go back to bed. And then the next morning, get up, love God, love people, and then go back to bed. And if we would do that every day in this short walk we've got, you would touch so many lives you would not believe what God would do with you. That's all. Really, that's all James is saying. Just walk with me and trust in me. And when things get bad, count it all joy. And it'll be okay. Keep your mouth in line. Watch out for finances. Watch out for wealth. Watch out for the good things of life, and recognize that it all come from me, and it can all disappear just as quick as you got it. But allow me to allow me to take care of you. He goes on, I love this scripture here, which has been taken wrong so many times. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or earth or whether any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. All he's saying there is walk in integrity. If you walk in integrity and everything you say you're going to do, you do, then when you say yes to someone or no to someone, they're going to know that you're going to do exactly what you just said. You don't have to try to talk a little lie to cover something. You don't have to, you don't go through any of that. You just walk in integrity. James is just trying to get us all to start living a better life. Because, see, if we live by the word, then our life is going to get better and better and better and better and better and better. I mean, it's It's a guarantee. It's when we don't live according to it. And it used to be when I first got saved, I thought, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. I, I was told that you've got to live this way or you're going to hell. Then I found out that all you've got to do is believe and trust that he rose from the dead. And you did too. And you just do. You're encouraged to do the good stuff. And as you do the right stuff, Doc made a statement years ago. I don't know where he picked it up. It should be on his tombstone. Just do the next right thing. Even though he hasn't done everything right. Neither have I or anybody else. But yet when you get that revelation, just do the next. That's what James is saying all the way through this. And he said, just come to me for wisdom. You need wisdom? I've got it. But if you don't ask, I can't give it to you. Because everything's by prayer. Everything's by prayer. He goes on. He goes, if any, if any among you suffering, let him pray. If any cheerful, let him praise. Boy, isn't that the truth? He's just saying, now remember what I said back in the other chapters. If you need help, ask, pray. If everything's going good, praise me. But matter of fact, if everything's going good or bad, praise me. Verse 14 says, if anyone among you is sick, if anyone among you is sick, let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over you, over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. That word sick there, I'm going to blow everybody's religious bubble. That word sick there is not sickness. That word sick there is weak. So, see, that covers everybody emotionally, physically, spiritually, anyway. If you're weak, and you can't, you can't seem to get over the hump in your prayer life. Because see, first you're supposed to be talking to God. Then you come to those in leadership, those who have got a little more maturity in things, and you say, stand with me in agreement and pray with me. And maybe it is sickness, but it doesn't say sickness there. That's covered later on down. Then it goes on and it says, And the prayer of faith will save the sick. That's the sick. Prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. This has been taken out of context. People have said the only reason you're sick is because you've sinned. Not the case. Now, if you choose to walk in sin, you'll have more sickness than the average. You'll have more heartache than the average. Why? Because the curse is taking care of it. It's kind of like having an umbrella with holes all in it. You're going to get wet. But yet, if you're praying in faith... The sick will be healed. And if you have committed sin, he will forgive you. He's already forgiven me for tomorrow's sins. Not that I purpose to do it, but I've got grace that he's going to cover that. I just keep doing, I keep getting up and just doing the next right thing. Not under law, because if you get under law, you can't do it. But if I get under grace, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's all in the word, folks. It's all there to take care of us. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray. There's another one that's been taken out of context. It's like we're supposed to go tell everybody our sin. No. You better be very selective who you tell your mistakes to. We all need strength in going down the wrong road. We all need someone to help us. Listen to what it says. Confess your trespass to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Then he said, well, listen, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. You talk about a prayer. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced fruits. Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he turns the sinner from the air of his way, of his way, will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. It does not say, Listen to me. It does not say if you see someone falling short, that you go tell them what they're doing wrong. Doesn't say that. It says if 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 it's done, if it's done from somebody else, it doesn't give you the right as a judge to go to somebody and say, "If you'd straighten your household up, you'd be all right. If you'd quit running around with that woman, you'd probably be all right. If you'd quit drinking that beer, you'd probably be all right. If you'd quit smoking that dope, you'd probably be all right." Nowhere does it say that in that scripture. It just says if the right person comes along and that person needs help and their encouragement in the Lord and their love in the Lord and their forgiveness in the Lord encourages them to get away from those things, then that soul is saved. That's what it says. We've got to recognize that no place in the Bible do we have the right to condemn or cut down. Jesus didn't do it. The New Testament tells us over and over. You're just to love people. Now, if they say to you, do you think this is all right? You have a right then to say, no, brother. You know, I hate that you're, you're, you're thinking that you can go that route. It's going to cause destruction in your life. But we're not to go to anybody and judge them and cut them down. They will not listen to you. I, I, I've always been against the wrong kind of witnessing. And for somebody to, I'll never forget coming out of a ball game, Cardinal Bush Stadium. I can tell you exactly the spot I was standing. And a man was standing over the cross, and he said, you're going to hell. And I said, excuse me, you don't know me from Adam. That kind of witness, been taken out of context in this scripture right here. Our place is Jesus loves you. Can I pray for you? Anything going on in your life that I could just lift up in prayer? And I know God, He took care of it in my life. I was a mess. I I love what Jackie just said. I know it works. Because I used to live like that. Well, we can all say that, folks. Not just Jackie. We've all stepped to the wrong side of the line. in our thoughts alone will take care of that. God's got the answer. And he, and he, He told James... Write this stuff down. Go to the church and tell them, hey, I love you. I died on the cross for you. You're forgiven of everything you're ever going to do. Just don't do things on purpose because you're going to destroy, you're destroying others. And it's not just, you know, I've said this more than once because it was, I guess, revelation just the last couple weeks. I'm given a free will. I got a choice. I can choose right or I can choose wrong, but I do not have the choice of the consequence of my choice. I can't say, well, I'm going to do this and and I'm going to get this. I choose always the best. I try to choose always the best. And I know, according to the word, my consequences, even though maybe it's not what I want, is going to be better for me down the road. That's where you go back to the first of James. He says, count it all joy when you suffer trials in life. Now, when you've got temptations, just don't go there. Just start thinking on the good stuff to get your mind away from that. And watch what I can do with you and take care of you. And then at the end of the book, he says, now listen, all of it comes by prayer. Sickness, weakness, heartache people going the wrong route. That's prayer. Instead of chasing them and condemning them, spend that same earnest time in prayer. Lord, help them see the, the truth. Help them so they won't be destroyed. Help them so they won't be destructive. Help them so that they think they're having fun. They think they're having a ball, but in reality, they're killing themselves. Prayer, 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 prayer will answer everything that's me. Father, we thank you. Team, come on up. Father, we thank you that just the short five chapters of James has really got the answer to life because it's all about what you've done for us, how you take care of us, and how you're going to take care of us. A guarantee, Lord, that you'll finish the work that you started. A guarantee that you're going to take care of us. A guarantee no matter what we're going through, we can honestly count on little joy because our trust is not in the circumstance, but in you we thank you for it father and we give you all the praise father in jesus name amen let's stand let's go out with a song
1: You calm the storm that surrounds me Just one word The darkness has to retreat Just one touch I feel the presence of heaven Just one touch My eyes were open to see. My heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Just one word what's broken inside, just one word, and you revive every dream, and just one touch, let all agree there's no power like the power of jesus so i will believe for greater things there's no power like the power of jesus so let faith arise let all agree there's no power like the power of jesus Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like this power. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing, there's nothing that Jesus can't do. So...
0: about today, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, none of this is going to help you. And all you have to do is just flip the switch. All you have to do is say, Lord, I believe that you died for my sins and I believe you rose again. And he will take care of everything. That's how quick it is. It sounds so difficult. I remember at 12 years old, I was freaking out. But then once I did, it was like, He's got this. And then the longer I'm in this, the more I'm recognizing He's really got this. So if you haven't, young people, you can't live in today's society unless you know Jesus. It will suck you down so fast you won't know where what happened to you. But with Him, even though you're going to go through hard times, there's a way out. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And we know that your son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for our sins, our sickness, our disease, everything. And we know, though, that in three days he rose again. But, Father, by us believing and trusting in you, we rose with him through all of the the sin that's pulling us down. We have the overcoming power in us. And we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Call you, bless you, are dismissed. As fast as you can move to the deacon's meeting, it would help everybody so we can do that. And if anybody needs anything else, I'll be here just for a few moments. Call you blessed.